This is the Elevators Podcast. We discuss all things elevating your life, work, and relationships as you're building your business and yourself. Here are your hosts, Dylan Buck and Jared Nelson. Episode one, that really the whole purpose of this of this episode is to um, you know you're listening to it right before you go into sales school. Um, you just got hired on. Uh, we want to make sure that you're prepared to have the best experience pre-sales school and in sales school um, to really prepare you for how incredible this opportunity is. So I'm sitting here with Jarrett, um, and we're just going to talk through some stuff that is, we feel like, absolutely imperative to seeing success right off the bat, which obviously anybody going into sales school is, is going to want to see the most success they possibly can. And uh, if you follow these things and if you dive into these things with 100% conviction and intentionality, um, there's no reason that you won't see as much as success as much success as you want to. So, um, first thing that we're going to talk about is the importance of memorizing your sales talk before sales school. Um, the style of this will just kind of be a discussion. I think hopefully it'll be really helpful for everybody just going into their first week studying before before they actually get to sales school. So, but I guess Jared, why would why would you say it's really important to memorize your actual sales talk, the full sales talk before sales school? I guess the first thing I would say is almost to like recontextualize it in that for me, when I think about going to sales school, I want to have as much fun as I possibly can yeah. and learn as much as I can. And the way I do that personally is feeling prepared. So I'm not thinking about what I'm going to say when I'm there, but already knowing what I'm going to do. So I can actually absorb the whole experience because for me, I want to go there and learn from the sales trainer. I want to meet all these cool people from all over the country. I want to soak up their story and understand what they're there for. And I don't really get to focus on that if I'm worried about what I'm supposed to be doing <laughs> while I'm there. For sure. So for me, it's like having fun. The most important way for me to have fun is for me to be prepared. And the sales talk is just the cornerstone of what we do. Like yeah. you can't sell, you can't you can't grow in this business or in this company unless you know this like the back of your hand and you should be able to fall in and out of it wherever you are so whether you start with the approach or someone has you start with the buying atmosphere has you start with wherever in there you should be able to go forward and backwards from where it is that somebody puts you right and obviously that will you know that'll come with time and probably won't even happen in sales school but the closer you can get to that in sales school, the better. It's a good point. You know, and, but it's, I mean, it's so important to realize just how, how helpful it is to go into sales school, knowing the entire sales talk and just having confidence rolling into it rather than feeling like you're, you know, this novice person that doesn't know anything about anything that you're about to jump into. Right. Knowing the sales talk at least gives you confidence that you know something about the thing that you're going, you're going to do. Um, and, uh, one thing that David Chessmore, uh, which if you don't know him yet, you'll know him eventually, uh, talked about that is, is so helpful. And one of the things that we've noticed definitely here in Elevated is the people that do the best in our career are the ones that are the most prepared, right? Some we all have talked about the five P's proper preparation prevents poor performance. <laughs> so people that are prepared properly just perform well. So, um, but this, a lot of people go into sales, sales school, I think, I mean, really, I think treating it like sales school is designed to help them memorize their sales talk. And I think that's 
I think for if you're, you know, that's a mediocre mentality going into sales school. Yeah. Whereas, you know, what I think, and I think, you know, what we've talked about before is how sales, sales school is really designed to master your sales topic, right? You should memorize it before sales school and then master it in sales school. Because mm-hmm. there's so much stuff that you can pick, take out of sales school in Minneapolis and Riley, who's going to be, who's their training is so knowledgeable on what it is that we do. And if, if you don't know your sales, sales talk, all you're going to be focused on the entire time is your sales talk as opposed to really getting down to not just what you're saying, but how you're saying it, not sounding like a robot and sounding like yourself. Um, and learning all the things that you know that Riley will will teach you on just about the job in general when you're there. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and I I think that Riley has so much to teach people, and it's so transferable to the field that yeah. feeling, right? When you're there and you know your sales talk, and you know what you're supposed to be doing and what you're supposed to be saying, mm-hmm. and so you can actually focus on the feedback that Riley is giving you and the feedback sure. that other people are giving yeah, you rather point. than trying to do that. In the same way on the field, if you're out there with a prospect or a family and all you're thinking about is what you're supposed to say next, you don't know what this person's story actually because they're telling you exactly why they need this, right. but you're not going to be able to hear that if you're just focused on trying to figure out what to say next. Yeah. And when you're selling a product that has the kind of impact that this product has, you want to be able to listen to these people's stories that have gone through crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heard that. Absolutely. So, but in terms of, you know, actually getting the most out of sales school, um, and what to expect in the sales school. I mean, what, what do you remember your sales school experience being like? Um, well, let's see. My sales school was in the height of COVID. And so <laughs> I remember that. Uh, mine was just over Zoom, and there were supposed to be a couple people in my class, but a couple people had to roll to a different class, so it was just Riley and I, one-on-one. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it was, I wouldn't, it was, I wouldn't even necessarily so much call it a sales school as I call it a master class, <laughs> is what it was, but what to expect in sales school is I would expect long days. And I would expect to be really mentally exhausted for sure. Because if, I mean, you're going to talk more than you've talked in a long time, probably you're going to be trying to intake a lot more information and just ways of being than you have been in a very long time. And so your senses are just going to be on overload and it's okay to feel tired and it's okay to feel exhausted and it's okay to miss being at home and in your own bed because it's meant to be an intense experience right because there's a job it's an intense job and so i would say just expect to be tired but at the same time it's okay to be tired because it would be weird if you weren't because if you aren't tired that means that you're you're not not, doing it right exactly You're (laughs) you're not putting in all the effort that that is required to do well so prepared to be mentally and physically exhausted. Yeah, for sure. I mean, information overload is definitely a thing when it comes to sales school. I mean, after, I would say after day two, probably there's just so much information <laughs> in your brain. It feels like it's spilling out and there's no way you can stuff more in. And then you just get to stuff more in. And for, to your point, you know, there's usually at sales school, right? You're waking up early in the morning and you're going to bed probably around 10 or 11 at night. Um, and if you're not in the class, you're being assigned to, to learn or practice different, get more reps in, whether it's in the approach or the full presentation or just whatever specific part of the uh, sales talk that they're uh, focusing on at that current time. 
Um, you're doing that all throughout the day. And then when you go back to your hotel, right, you're doing that over and over and over again. And sometimes in front of the mirror, if you don't have someone to do it with. Yeah. Right. And it's, it, it, it is exhausting. And there's a lot of times where I know that when I was in sales school, I was like, man, I really don't want to do another one of these. And I know that if I didn't do another one of these, nobody would know. Yeah. But I, like, fortunately, I was just like, all right, I said I was going to do this many no matter what. So I'm going to do this many no matter what because it's important to me to, to see the kind of success that I want to see in this career. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I was fortunate in that I took the Memorizing the Sales Talk seriously and I took making it sound like myself seriously so that when I got out of sales school, I could actually hit the ground running as opposed to, because I mastered my sales talk in sales school, as opposed to trying to master it my first couple of weeks in the field. You know, That's a great point. Yeah, and then what just came up for me when you were talking was, while I was listening to this podcast with David Goggins, he was talking about how in the Navy SEALs, it's, it's very rare that you rise to the occasion when you have to do something, but that you more fall to the level of your training. Yeah. And so, like, you can't, you know, half-ass sales school and your sales talk and then think that on the field you're just going to figure and, it out yeah expect to have an exceptional career exactly right. and it's like in reality it's like when you're out there and you're having a tough day and your emotions are wearing and you're feeling tired like you're gonna you're gonna fall to the amount of reps that you've done for your sales talk the amount of approaches that you've done and like that's gonna be you're gonna fall to your baseline yeah you're not just gonna elevate to this newfound <laughs> salesperson that you've never been before right no mr me if there's a voice if you got the angel and the devil on your shoulder and if mr mediocrity is a thing that voice tells you you're not good enough or you can't do enough or you know you're tired or you know there's no way you're gonna be able to memorize this and that voice is constantly chattering you know you've got to make sure that when you're there you've got the right intention in place to actually push through those times because there you will have time where that comes up and if you don't push through them you're going to be someone who falls behind and uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny to see how many people will go into sales school or um, are planning to go through sales school, but they don't take that beginning part seriously. And I think, I mean, we talk about this, we talk about this sometimes in the interview process where, you know, you got places like McDonald's where if somebody wants to start a McDonald's franchise, they're, they're investing a million dollars to start this franchise. And then, you know, McDonald's has these places where it doesn't matter if you're in, you know, Utah or Colorado or Ghana, Africa, you buy a, you order a Big Mac and it's going to taste the exact same. It's going to take the exact <laughs> amount of time to get to you. And it's because of the systems that McDonald's has in place to, to ensure that if you own a McDonald's fr- franchise, you're going to be successful. Um, and I think sometimes because the investment isn't a million dollars into this when people are running their own business, right? They're all, the cost of entry is, you know, getting through an interview process, buying an iPad and passing an insurance exam. People don't take that, the system that we show them, the sales talk, the, the two out of the three days, which you'll learn about in the sales school, um, they don't take them as seriously as they would with a McDonald's franchise when the opportunity is as abundant, if not more abundant, than that of owning a, a McDonald's franchise. But if people could take it seriously and really understand how ridiculous this, this opportunity is before they even get there, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's hard to understand how amazing this opportunity is before you get to sales school just because there's so much other stuff you're thinking about, but I mean, I guess if you could help, if you could do your best to help someone understand what this opportunity actually is, you know, obviously they're listening to this when they're, they haven't gone to sales school yet. They've just gone through the interview process and they've seen a little bit, some of the numbers of what's possible, but I guess, how would you explain this opportunity to someone that's right in those beginning stages? That's a really good question. Um, Cause yeah, we hear a lot of terms 
in the interview process and in the career overview, just general rate, generational wealth and uncapped income and, and all these sort of things. But it's just, it's hard to conceptualize really, I guess, until I've seen some of, some of the people closest to me make big leaps in their lives. Like a really close friend of ours started, been in kind of obscure jobs before, yeah. been a server, been in, yeah, been in the serving industry, doing that sort of thing. And within his first six months that he was here, he was able to buy a brand new car. Yeah, it's been crushing. Right? So seeing a transformation like that really reinforces the level of opportunity that's here. And it's, and it's not obviously all about material things because you gain so much more in your mental and emotional capacity. But like just seeing people have monetary freedom, whatever that means to them, I mean, damn near overnight sometimes it seems like. Yeah. Is is hard to put into words until you've really seen either people close to you or people in your organization do it. Right. And when we're in the interview process and someone says that they're, you know, to meet their baseline needs, their expenses are twenty five hundred dollars a month, and in their first month they make eight grand. Right. You know, so they've tripled the amount of money they need just to live. Yeah. Like that. That level of just experience somebody can get so quickly is is so awesome for sure and on, on the flip side of that i mean i think it's i mean it's been just as rewarding if not more rewarding for for us you know with people that come in and it takes a little bit longer for them to start to make that income but they're developing themselves as a person and they just you know they start to develop more confidence they start to develop more sales ability they're getting the sales talk down to the point where it actually sounds like them and they're not sounding robotic yeah um, but it takes a little bit longer for them to get there, but because they're committed, like come hell, high water, rain, typhoon, tornado, I'm going to figure this thing out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it always clicks at some point as long as some people, as long as people are committed and when it does and they see just, you know, it, it's fun because in this career we get paid two, three times every single week yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to two, three times a month. Yeah. Um, when you see, you know, a thousand to a few thousand to a lot of thousand hit your bank account a couple times a week, that's a pretty cool feeling. <laughs> You know, but it comes from, and it's, we've been able to see that with a lot of people that we work with, but it comes from, you know, really working hard and digging in and taking that first experience that you have with a company, which is sales school, really, really seriously. But it's hard to see those future things that are going to happen before someone even gets to sales school because all they're focused on is, you know, going to sales school, flying to Minnesota, which might be new for them, um, or whatever. But it's, you know, it's, it's really cool to see people earn three, four, five times what they've ever earned in a year in six months. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What a good point. Yeah, it's it's fun to see people grow in that way, I think. And and you feel that growth whether you want to or not. <laughs> yeah. And and it is fun to feel because you've prepared well and you're going through something difficult. I don't know if there's any more intoxicating feeling than feeling like you're getting better at something or feeling good at something that you know is difficult. Yeah. When you walk in and you know what this person is going to say, you're five steps ahead of them and you're able to protect them in a way that they didn't think was possible. Like that to me, it's almost like you're playing, you're out here just, it's like psychological warfare, man. It's yeah. like mental chess you're playing out here with people. Right. And when you feel like a grandmaster out there, when you're playing with someone that's a novice in the park, <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Well, and the product that we sell is so good 
that it's, I mean, it's, it's, we've all had sat down with people and be like, you know, where they're like, man, are there people that don't buy this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, yeah. and that's really, really cool. Um, and, uh, I guess I, I would say one of the things that's whether, I guess, whether why people are, whether they're in sales school or they're going into their first week, one of the things I know is very important for us, whether it was family or significant other or just friends that we knew we were going to be talking to all the time is giving them language to talk to us right. with right. so that we were focused on the right stuff. Cause I mean, everybody that's going into anything that's direct sales where, you know, what they earn is a hundred percent dependent on their efforts and their attitude. You know, they're, they, uh, I think there's, it's so easy to really, you know, self-criticize and, and uh, focus on maybe the wrong thing, just our ego is like, man, I want to sell a lot, I want to produce a lot, I want to make a lot of money, or whatever. Um, when in reality, focusing on things like, hey, what is it going to take to me to develop, what do I need to do to develop the foundation that it takes for me to build this massive house that is success, that is, you know, financial and material riches, but also um, becoming the best version of myself. Because I think in the beginning, it, it takes actually focusing on becoming the best version of yourself, becoming the best salesperson that you can possibly become, yeah. becoming the most technically sound you can possibly become, you know, being just having the best approach you can possibly have, um, getting in your six, having like an unconditional commitment to getting in six demos every single day, no matter how long it takes, right? Those first 90 days. Because the, pe the people that do that, we've seen time and time again, people that are unconditionally committed to getting six demos every single day, five days a week for the first 90 days of their career, they've seen silly results yeah you know we've seen that with Bennett we've seen that with Mackenzie we've seen that with myself we've seen that with you and uh, it just it takes it's not whether or not the system works it's whether or not the people that we bring on are gonna follow the system right right yeah systems don't fail people do for sure right and I know that one of the things that was really important for me to coach my parents on when I first got into direct selling was I, I needed to let them know that the only thing that they could talk to me about is like, hey, we, I, I would love to talk to you about everything that's going on. The only favor that I ask you is please only talk to me about, the only things to ask me about are how was my effort? Mm -hmm. Did I get my six demos? Mm -hmm. How was my attitude? Right? And if, if the answers are positive to all those things, it doesn't matter whether they're positive or negative to all those things, as long as that's the only thing that I'm answering questions about or getting questions asked about, my focus remains on improvement and activity as opposed to results, which leads to commission breath and sitting down with people and making them feel uncomfortable, making them feel like they're pressured to buy something right. that they don't understand yet, as opposed to sitting down and educating something, someone on something to help them realize that there is a need and then prevent, hopefully, you know, fill that need. Right, so the controllables. The controllables, right. Yeah, the things that you can control. Yeah. very few things in life and in this job that we can control yeah. we can control the effort that we put in and we can control our attitude and that's one of the things that you'll learn about in sales school if you haven't already learned about in the interview process is two out of three days which I guess what was your take on two out of three days in the very beginning so I it was one I mean to be completely honest it was one of those things that I didn't buy into at first hmm. mostly just because I was like I got this yeah I got it. or you've been in sales before yeah, yeah. I, got, I was like, I got it. And when I didn't quite have the results that I was looking for or the things that I was trying to accomplish in the first couple of weeks with friends and family and that sort of thing, I remember one of the th things that you asked me was, how many demos are you getting? And I was like, oh, well, 
if I was recording them, <laughs> I would say a few, right? <laughs> right. And it's like, well, that's not what we talked about in sales school, mm-hmm. right? And it's still, even when you're with your friends and family, even when you're doing Zoom demos, even when you're doing something that you're trying to accomplish that's hard and you're not really sure what to do, just follow the system in. Yeah. And if I could go back and do my first four to six weeks over again, I would, first of all, coach people close to me on talking to me only about the controllables because I was not good about that. Mm-hmm. And letting people know what my goals were in relation to my controllables so they could ask me about that. Because then at the same time, I can also hold them accountable because if they don't ask me about those, I'm sorry, I can't have this conversation. Right. You've got a proper expectations of why you might be a little bit resistant to answering the question that they exactly. asked. You already said, hey, please don't ask me about this. It doesn't help my mindset. Yeah, I'm not looking for my mom to ask me, did I pay my rent this month? Like that's, <laughs> that's not a helpful question in the beginning, right? right? But you can avoid that sort of situation and those sort of tension with the people that you love that do want to just support you. Yeah. They don't know how to support you unless you coach them how to support you. For sure. Right? They're going to support you unconditionally, but it might be wrong, right? Like that love that they give you might not be the love that you need at that moment, right? <laughs> so right. it's important to be able to tell them how you need love and what you need to ask for. How, yeah, how you need to be coached, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, no, and I think I guess I think one of the things that Riley does do a very very good job of, even in sales school, is get people used to doing those two three days in sales school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and again, it's hard to fully internalize how important getting those those that two out of three day in sales school is before you've been in sales school, and especially if you've never been in sales before. And never been in sales where it's 100% focused on are you putting in the numbers, right? Because if you're putting in the numbers, we know, we've seen it over the last, you know, depending on what company you're looking at, 100, 200 years, or specifically with family heritage, the last 33 years, 34 years, right? If you're putting in the numbers, specifically the numbers that we promote in sales school and throughout the interview process, you're going to be successful, right? right? It's just a matter of time. And fortunately, again, they promote that in sales school. And the whole, our whole purpose and intention behind having this podcast and this, specifically this episode, is helping hopefully people buy into how important getting those, taking those two out of three days in sales school really, really is. Um, you know, and just and not taking it lightly because at the end of the day, this is your career, right? You signed up to do something that is challenging, that is, you know, it's hard, but it's definitely fun, it's rewarding, and we work with incredible people. Uh, I mean, this is for a lot of us. This is the last thing that we'll ever have to do for money, which is <laughs> yeah. fun to say every single time. Sure, sure is. And you know, there's, but again, it's it's not because we took those two out of three days lightly, right. or if we were taking them lightly, we didn't snap out of that quickly. Right. Bought into the system. Right? Yeah. Buying the system. Full buy into the system. And I always remember when I was first talking to you and talking to Justin about that. And something that always stuck with me was, I mean, Justin loves to say it's kind of some of his buzzwords, but just having to choose between impact and income mm. yeah. and just feeling like you don't have to choose between the two, right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. And historically, when you become a doctor or teacher teacher or whoever, and, and you have this huge, I guess doctors not to go on, but when you're a teacher or a pastor or whoever you have this huge impact and this ripple effect with people, but you really 
sacrifice income. Potentially sacrifice income and a lifestyle. And just have a lot of stress in your family financially a lot of times. Yeah, and, and it, it makes it difficult to do the thing that you love because you're stressed in other ways that makes it hard to love it. And then you're not good, you're not as good as you could be at that thing when you're with people because there's all these you know, extraneous things that are going on that are hindering your ability to right, achieve at your highest level. And then on the other side of it, it's like either being in medical device sales, which I was in for a long time, or a hedge fund manager or whatever, where your level of income is huge. It's yeah, tech sales. It's, right. it's dumb for what you do. Right. <laughs> right. And, and that's fantastic because it can help you live this lifestyle that you want and afford the things that you want. But your level of impact, just in a positive way, I mean, I guess, positive, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. in a positive way, is hindered in a lot of ways. Right. The like, difference that you're making is very minimal, if any. If any. And, and so it's like, all right, do I want to have this huge level of income and my impact is minimal? Or do I want to change people's lives to a huge degree and have no income? But... I live in my car, right? <laughs> like, you know, so it's maybe not that drastic, but it's, it's so fun to be in an opportunity where you can make and have as much as you want. Yeah. And you can also have a huge impact on the families that you protect, the people that you bring into this career with you, your family members, if you're supporting them as well, like you can have such a huge ripple on your sphere of influence and you can also live the lifestyle that you want because your income potential is unlimited. Right. So it's you really do get this nexus of like an incredible opportunity. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, the opportunity is, I mean, it's pretty unreal. I mean, you've got, and it, again, it's hard to really understand that, but you can, if you learn the sales talk and give the sales talk to the point where you sound like yourself when you're doing it, Right? Just like when you see movies, you hear these people and they sound like themselves, but they're just practicing a canned sales talk over and over and over again, and they're really, really good at it. And if you can become like that with the sales talk, there is no limit to the amount of income that you can earn here. And that opportunity is its hard to really fathom, especially in the very beginning of your career. Um, and then there's all the, so many other layers to the career, obviously, that people will learn about as, they, um, as they're here for a while. But um, it's... I mean, just to give you some perspective, right? I was in a in a business that was I had a great impact, and it was really really cool. And the, the impact was really the thing that ultimately made it really difficult for me to leave. But the income wasn't there, and I mean, it, we we made a decent amount, but just for some perspective, I earned in one year here, my first year here, I earned what I earned in seven years there. So and in. I guess to give that that credit, right? I, I used to sell books, and to give it credit, the reason that I did what I did here in the amount of time that I did it was because of the experience that I got there, for sure. Um, but the potential is just that we were all of a sudden I was put into a vehicle where anything was possible, and I wasn't limited, um, as opposed to having a very you know very low ceiling to what's possible when it comes to income. That's huge, and uh, so that's been really cool. And I'm super grateful for that. And, uh, but I think, I mean, one of the things that I think is a common denominator between every single person that we work with is none of us ever saw ourselves selling insurance. Amen. Not in a million years would we thought we'd be in the insurance world. It was almost like a swear word to, I would say, pretty much all of us. 
And uh, but we like the you know learning as we learn more about it. We like the idea of renewal income and um, specifically this product. I mean, for me, um, I, I mean, I had a I, when I learned about this product, I had a lot of conviction because my dad was in a really bad accident. He broke his neck. He was out of work for five and a half months, and this product would have paid him seventy five thousand dollars. Which if you look across America, ninety nine percent of homes that would have made a massive difference in mm-hmm. and. Um, and it's just, it's so cool to see now. Unfortunately, he didn't have anything like this, and he, he does now. Um, but just knowing how much this would have helped and knowing how often that stuff does happen, so how much it can help, and the fact that if someone never needs it, they get their money back, it's just a, I mean, it was a whole new level of product conviction for me because, you know, I, I'd been used to selling stuff and the fact that ideally, like in an ideal world, if people used it, it would be really, really good. But unfortunately, very few people ever used the good product that we sold, and that eventually got to my conscience. So with this, I loved that people never, you know, hopefully, I was hoping that nobody ever had to use it, right? Right. In which case, we just refund every single penny that they paid in, right? And if they needed it, it was going to provide a ton of financial peace of mind for their family. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that is an absolute common denominator between all of us. Yeah, not, never in a million years. Yeah, one of our would be self insurance. One of our good buddies that works with us now, he he actually used to use insurance as a, an example of something he would never do. <laughs> when he was talking to people about trying to figure out what he was going to do, he was like, "Yeah, but at least I'd never do insurance." Who's that? Bennett. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and look at him here now. He's in Chairman's Club in yeah. his first year. Amen. Right? He's top ten in the company now. So it's just. The, and super convicted in what we do. Right. So it's it's pretty fun to see that. And I, of course, I never would have thought I was going to do something like this. No. Our, the cool card was way too large. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> but it's funny now when I think about, I would I thought I never would do something like this, and now I can't see myself doing anything else. Yeah. So it's, what a, what a spectrum flip. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and Bennett is a phenomenal example of someone that just went into sales school. Like, hey, I'm gonna memorize the sales school. He took it or this uh, the sales talk. He took it super seriously, and then went out and crushed almost immediately. Right. Right. Took his raw ability, but combined it with a lot of technical ability and know how from actually taking time to memorize something that he trusted was important. Right. Right. Now Bennett was one of our good friends, so. He had the the upper hand of being like, hey, I, I know these guys. I know that they want to help me be successful. So there's nothing that they're going to tell me that's going to hinder me. They're only going to help me. But it's challenging for people that come into us into this career that are just meeting us, and they're like, man, I you know I don't I can't really I, don't, I only know these guys to a certain extent, so I can only t- take their word to a certain extent. But if only they knew, and you know, eventually they will. Everybody that works with us, eventually we become very good friends with. Um, but if only they knew just how much we care about helping people see the kind of success that they want to see. If they knew that, there's no way that they would not memorize a sales school, sales talk before sales school. Sure. Um, so, but I'm just, I'm really, it's really fun to see just time and time again the people that buy into the system and memorize a sales talk and take sales school really seriously to the point where, from the you know the cool kids' perspective, it wouldn't be cool how hard they're studying, but they end up being the cool kid because of how hard they studied and how hard they're working. And now they're earning an income that most people will never earn. Right, yeah. It's not cool to study super hard for sales school, but it is really, really cool to be on the national sales calls right. every single week. Yeah, like, a right. lot of, like a lot of our agents are. Right. Because they bust their ass before sales school. For sure. And they do have quick starts. 
and people recognize them and people want to learn from them. And that all starts with the foundation of being prepared for sales school. Yeah. Um, I guess how, <laughs> one thing that I think is, is very, I guess, very noticeable, I would say with our group is there's, when we go places, right, there's, it is very evident how close every single person is and how much every single person cares about the person next to them, not just as a person, but cares about their success and helping them get to wherever it is that they want to go. Um, and again, it's hard for people to see that in the interview process, but how would you, I guess, explain the culture that we have in Elevated and uh, just, in, I would say, in the heritage also in general? I would say the biggest thing that stands out to me that I've never experienced, and because I've been in sales for over a decade now, works with a lot of different companies, and I would say that a lot of times people held aces close to their chest. And what I mean by that is when somebody would figure something out or have some success in some sort mm -hmm. of way, yeah. they don't necessarily want to share it with other people because they might lose the edge or they might not be able to be the top producer anymore or something like that. Right. Someone might pass them because they share a secret. Exactly. So I think that if I get, what I would say is just the abundance mentality that yeah. I think is here and that refreshing. Right. And that people, when somebody figures something out here that works for them or works for their organization that they're building, they can't wait to share and it with share it. They yeah. can't wait to share it with other right. people. So it's like, Hey, I figured something out. This is how I've been successful. You guys should definitely give this a shot. Yeah. And so it's, it's that, um, high tide rises all boats yeah. type of mentality. And I think that, that's been so helpful for both seasoned agents and new agents because it's like if we have something like, you know, your smoking gun essentially that's going to help you figure something out, we're going to make, we're going to drill it into your head so hard yeah. that you're not going to forget it. Right. So it's like, that's the level of helpfulness and abundance that's here that I think so many people, myself included, weren't used to. For sure, when we first start. And I would say the, the other thing is there's the more you the longer you're here and the more you dive into the whole process, the the more you become convicted on the things that you learned in sales school. Right. And you're just yeah. like, man, that everything I learned in sales school, it's like everything I learned in kindergarten is, is everything I need to learn today. Or everything I need to know today. Same thing about sales school, everything I learned in sales <laughs> everything school. Everything I learned in kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that's like is what I need to know to be successful and Again, the longer you're here, the more that is just reiterated and emphasized and and there's just further conviction that's drawn because you know that, you know, if you are doing your two, three days, no matter what, if you're doing that all the time, you're gonna be successful. Maybe not that day, but if you're doing that consistently over the course of the week, the month, the year, you're gonna like the results that you get. Right. Um, and there's, you know, every once in a while there's something new that's developed and you're like, okay, I can start to implement this. But overall, this the system's been in place for a really long time. And as long as we can just trust what's already there, you know, that we're going to, we're going to be successful. And, you know, you, again, you just buy into that more and more and more as you see it proved over and over and over and over again. Right. Yeah. The people that we see ultimately that don't do well are the people that don't believe in the system. Yeah. And if I could, I think it's as simple as that. Honestly, the people that either kind of think that they can cowboy it on their own and just do what they've always done at their past jobs and it's going to work for them or reinvent the wheel in whatever way that they need to. But 
like the the power that family heritage has and that Elevated has just is the systems. Yeah. And every time they've proven themselves to work. And it's a great backstop because you know that if you're not doing well, you're not holding yourself accountable to the systems that we have. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of strip away all those other excuses and all those kind of extraneous things that people would historically point to. I'm not doing well because of my territory or I'm not doing well because this person was here or I'm not doing well because this this thing that's happening to me. Right. That if you just synthesize it back to just like, am I working the hours? Am I talking to enough people? Right. Like it's just it's just those two things. It's it's that's it. Right. That's right. It's your it's just two things. So yeah. if you do those two things, you will be successful. Maybe sure. not immediately, but indefinitely you right. will be. For sure. Yeah, the yeah, the only thing that I would maybe add to those two things is attitude, right? right. Attitude and our job is everything. So if you you know, if it, and if you're not doing well, like Jerry was just talking about, it only comes down to the two things that he was talking about or attitude, right? It's skills. Are your skills there? Right? Is the schedule there? And is the attitude there? And it's always gonna be one of those two things. Three, those three things or a combination of those three things so you can always bring it back to it but if you're listening to this now and you're about to go to sales school take it seriously take sales school seriously take memorizing the sales talk seriously you know we can tell you from experience that this career is I mean it's the opportunity is ridiculous for the people that are going to take advantage of what's there um, so do it and we look forward to seeing you on the field yeah I love you guys <laughs> have a great time <laughs>